Anderson, man. Welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have each and every one of you guys with us today, both in person and, hey, quick shout out to if you're joining us online via our live stream or maybe you're watching us later in the week. We're so glad to have you guys with us as well. Would you guys give it up for the worship team this morning bringing us in? Man, I like that last one. That's an oldie but goodie if you guys know that one. Uh, holy, 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 the Revelation song. We're going to have a time to respond to that again at the end of our service. But hey, uh, again, welcome to church. We are so glad you're here. And uh, man, I'm, I'm just excited. It's the first Sunday of August. There's so much excitement going on here at Alive and what God is doing in us. Um, uh, for those of you guys that have been with us for a while, you know that we have some yearly rhythms uh, to really set apart, to chase after God, to re get reset back with our, our disciplines with God. Uh, if you've been with us, you know that every January at the start of the new year, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, just a way to kind of give God the 10th or the tithe of our year and set it off right and let him speak and move and direct us in the year. Every August, we do 21 days of prayer, and we joke around here, 21 days of prayer and feasting, uh, where uh, we, we don't really focus much on the fasting. We focus more on the personal relationship with God. I'm just here to tell you, tomorrow, everybody say tomorrow, is going to start our 21 days of prayer here. And so we're going to be running it from August 8th through August 28th. And let me tell you, this is something for everybody. Whether you're still checking out God, whether you haven't been in church in years, whether you're like, I don't know what to do, or whether you're on fire for God, this is for you. And I want to tell you and encourage you with a couple things. Number one, the next 21 days, I believe can be the, your best 21 days of your life if they are the best 21 days of your life spiritually. Amen? And we also teach around here that whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. Amen? If you draw near to God, his word promises that he would draw near to you, right? And so we're going to do what a lot of us know around here. If you're not familiar with it, I'll explain it. We're going to do the first 15 challenge. Anybody know what the first 15 challenge is? It is this, giving God the first 15 minutes of your day every day for the next 21 days, all right? And it looks like this, five minutes of worship. Whether it's from your heart, whether you want to put on your Spotify playlist, five minutes of worshiping God when you wake up. And then the next thing, five minutes of prayer, right? Five minutes of praying or talking to God or pouring out your heart to him or praying for whatever he leads you to do. And then the last is five minutes of reading his word. The word is truth, amen? And so we're going to do this together as a church community. And you can get in on this. And if you miss a day, you're not damned to hell. You're not burning to hell, all right? You just get back up the next day and say, you know what? I'm going to start back, all right? I think a lot of times the devil gets in our grill and he messes us up and gets us off our track. Hey, the whole purpose of this is to seek God to seek after him, to set aside that part and put him first. Because when you put him first, when you seek him first, we know, right? All things are added unto us, all right? And if you need an encouragement every morning, we're going to help you guys out. So on our Alive Family Church Facebook page and on our Instagram account, around 7.30, 7 o'clock, 7.30 every morning, there will be a new person from the church coming on that uh, channel, a pre-recorded video that encourages you with a scripture and with a nugget of encouragement for that day. So if you need help, what do I read today? And some of these are holiness scriptures, are, are preparing our heart for what God wants to do on the Sunday morning uh, through our service and through our Series this month. And so, man, so, so excited. It's going to be incredible. I want all of us to join in with that because not only are you going to grow, but it's going to add just fuel to the fire of where we're going this month series-wise. The other reason I'm really excited this morning is because we're kicking off a brand new series we've titled The Pursuit of Holiness. 
This is a four-week study on the holiness of God. And I, I believe with all, with all my heart that this will transform you inside and out. It will transform your relationship with God. It will transform your ability to live for God in the ways that he's called us in his word. I believe it's going to refine us. It's going to put us through the heat. It's going to skim away all the impurities in our life. And it's going to help give us strength to our faith. It's going to give us boldness of how to approach God. And it's going to allow God to move in our lives in an even a greater way. Does anybody want that. Amen. I know I do, and I'm excited for it. The writer of Hebrews challenges us with this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. First word of that verse is pursue, right? What are we supposed to pursue? Pursue peace with all people. And it goes on, it says, and holiness, right? For with uh, which no one will see, without which no one will see the Lord. We're going to pursue holiness this month. All right, and, and we're gonna come, we're gonna gain a better understanding of what holiness even is, who is holy according to the Bible, right? And what does, more importantly, by the end of this month, what does holiness look like in our lives practically? How does that flesh out, right? It's gonna be an incredible journey, and we're gonna dive in this morning. You guys ready to dive in? Amen. Let's open up with a word of prayer as we get our hearts and minds ready to receive from God's word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much, and we thank you that we get to spend time in the presence of you, Father. Not just any God, the one true God. There is no one like you, holy God. And as we lean into this topic of holiness, Lord, we acknowledge your holiness in our lives right now. We acknowledge this holy moment that you knew we'd be here. You knew we'd be tuning in. You know exactly what we have need of even before we come to you and ask you for it. And so Holy Spirit, speak now, teach us what holiness is and how it fleshes out in our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody agreed, said, amen. All right. So, hey, in culture, uh, I, would, I, would, I would argue to say that we celebrate a lot of things. There's a lot of things that are welcome or celebrated that we could pursue, right? I, I hear this all the time. The pursuit of happiness. You got life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right? We love to pursue things that make us happy. There's nothing wrong in that. Uh, the, the, God doesn't frown on that, but we pursue happiness, right? Another thing we pursue is success, right? Get everything you can and, and do, uh, do everything to succeed in life, right? The pursuit of success, that's honorable, right? Money and possessions, whether we like it or not, we, like the world tells us, get as much money as you can and gather as much possessions as your little heart desires. In and of itself, it's not evil and wrong, but to an excess as we teach here and we believe God's word says, it can really get us in a ditch, right? Fame, status, influence, right? Grow that brand, get your followers up, right? Like, like, that, like we live in a culture that encourages us to pursue those things. Did you notice that holiness didn't make that list, right? Then we can even point our finger inwardly and look at the church, Big C Church and our church, right? We pursue God's grace, which is amazing, amen? We pursue God's mercy, which is incredible. We pursue God's unfailing love, right? We celebrate and we're on a journey for God's forgiveness, his mercy, our identity in Christ, nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, our victorious life that we have in him, all great things, but guess what doesn't make the list? holiness a lot of times. Like if I were to say this fall, I'm launching a brand new crew and it's centered around a six-week study on holiness. Most people would be like, yeah, sign me up, brother. I'm there every week. Oh, look at the time. Got to go. How about that fishing crew though? You know what I'm saying? Like, now that's preaching, right? A lot of us 
maybe you're even here today and you're like, holiness, like holy what? Like, ho- ho- like the title of my message, if you want a title today, I literally, the Lord's like, call this holy what? Holy what? We're going to talk about holiness and what it even is today. So holy what, right? What is holiness? What are you talking about when you say holiness? And when we say holy what, I mean holiness. And I'm now English major. I'm married to one. So I have the privy of like asking her questions or understanding things. Um, and maybe, maybe by, by osmosis, it just like seeps into me after 15 years of marriage. But I know this, that if you add the word ness at the end of a word, N-E-S-S, it means this, that it means something that is holy. It means the condition of, it means the state of something, right? Ness, holiness, right? And uh, this topic is of utmost importance because we need to understand what this holy thing means, right? And uh, in Leviticus chapter 11, verse 14, so, so God comes to uh, Moses, he says, you're going to get my people out of slavery in Egypt. That happens in Exodus. They leave. Exodus is a leaving, an exit. They leave, and then he's setting up his holy nation, his holy people, right? And he's giving them laws and regulations and rules and kind of like how to do this thing. And in Leviticus verse 11, verse uh, chapter 11, verse 44, God says this. He says, for I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. He gives this really gut check challenge to his people saying, hey, you be holy because I'm holy. And so we get here from the very beginning, God had designed, God has planned for his people to be a holy people, right? He calls us to be holy as he is holy. And we're going to wrestle with this whole concept this entire month. This isn't like, by the end of the day, we got it, all right? It's going to be like a journey that builds each week because I believe it, it, it requires more time and more depth and more study to really have an understanding of this. But real quick, before I hop into the definition of holiness so we have a better understanding of what we're talking about, I do want to just kill some of the misconceptions sometimes and some of the stigma, the negative stigma around this word holiness, when we're talking about holiness, we're not focusing on just a bunch of lists of prohibitions, right? We're not, don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, or different denominations have different things, right? We can get very legalistic like the Pharisees when it comes to things like that. Now, God cares about how we live, and he's got some instructions in his word, and we're going to talk about that later in later weeks, but we're not only focusing on a bunch of do's and don'ts. That takes the fun out of it, amen? I don't know anybody who gets excited about do's and don'ts, amen? we like, what can I do? What can I do because of the the love and the grace of Christ. Amen. We're not talking about a particular style or dress or mannerisms, whether you have your hair a certain length, what you wear to church, makeup, no makeup, right? Even like I grew up uh, in the Catholic church. And so there was like priestly garments that the priests or the, the leaders of the church wore. And that person, because they wore that outfit was deemed holy, right? And sometimes we can warp our definition of what holiness really means, right? No offense to them or anything like that. There's no judgment on that. We're not talking about unattainable perfection, Right? That can just get us in a ditch of failure after failure and condemnation after condemnation. God's not calling us to be perfect. That should set some of us free this morning. Amen? He does not want us to be perfect. He wants us to be like him. He is perfect. But, man, we're going to give our best effort to do that. But he knows in our humanness we cannot achieve that. Amen? And the unfortunate stigma that's been tagged with holiness over the years is just 
uppity, stuck up, I like to call them stick up their butt Christians, you know what I'm saying? Holier than thou Christians, right? Like, ah, oh, I just cringe when I hear holier than thou, like a holier than thou attitude. Like, I am better than you because fill in the blank. I'm going to say, uh-uh. I'm going to say, holy what? Holy what? Yeah, we're not going to go there, all right? So again, just want to set you free. We're not talking about any of that. Some of that might get mixed in and balanced teaching on some of that stuff, but those are some misconceptions on holiness that kind of are extremes, I would say, and kind of sometimes prevent us from even desiring to study the topic because we've seen it done wrongly or badly or we've been hurt or burned by that. And so for the remainder of our time today, we're going to just really focus in on two things, and I want to set the foundation for the entire series. I'm just kicking it off today. You're going to have to come back next week, the week after that, and the week after that to really have a full grasp of this topic and as we pursue holiness. But the first thing I want to talk about is answering the question, number one, what is holiness? What is holiness? Holy what? Holiness, right? Before we can pursue holiness, we first need to understand what holiness is, right? And, and I, got, I got a little ahead of myself before there, but... Um, uh, like I said, like I learned from my amazing wife, and, and, and she's an English major, uh, here's, here's the deal. When you add N-E-S-S, ness, to the end of a word, it means the state, the condition of, or the quality of whatever adjective it's attached to, right? So it means you are that. And so holiness points us to the word holy, right? It would be full of being holy, it would be the state or the condition of being holy. Now, that, that doesn't really help us in our definition, does it? But it points us to a word that we can study out that the Bible has a lot to say about and God has a lot to say about, right? little background on the word holy. The word holy in its various forms shows up about 600 times in the Bible, all right, so this isn't just like a random topic. It's, it's there, and it's there over and over and over again. There's actually one entire book dedicated to holiness. It's called Leviticus. It's the book we joke about not reading right before bed if you're trying to spend some good quality time with Jesus because, right, you sometimes just get lost in all the details and the instruments and the temple and the outer core, the inner core, the holy, and you're like, what? Uh, good night, right? And, and, but it's a whole book that God is setting up his people to be set apart and there's, there's a purpose for everything, right? And then we know from uh, Leviticus chapter 14, or chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 14, we know that God calls us to be holy because he's holy, right? So we're going to wrestle with this here, but let's define the word holy, right? And in our journey together this month, there are going to be two definitions of holy that we're going to kind of go back and forth today. Today, I'm going to major, there's a primary one, and there's a secondary one. Now, most of us, when we hear holiness, we major on the secondary, and we're going to get to that, as, but we have to have a full understanding. When God says, be a holy people, be a holy nation, I am holy, we have to understand the primary. So let me talk about the secondary first. The secondary one is this. Here's what the definition of it is. It's to be morally blameless or righteous. Morally blameless or righteous. That's holy, the secondary definition, right? This deals with you and I's behavior, how we live our lives, how it outflows, Right? We're going to dive much deeper into this as we get in coming weeks. 
But my assignment today from the Lord is to make sure we understand when God set up the word holy, when it first appears in scripture and all throughout the Bible, what he was saying is something different than that. That will take care of itself when we get the first primary definition. And that is the primary definition of holy is this. And we have, a, have this up on the screens for you guys. But here's a couple words that define the word holy as God intended it. It means separate. It means set apart. It means other. It means uncommon and it means different. Holy, separate, set apart, other, uncommon, different. By calling something holy, it means it is set apart for a specific purpose. We're going to understand how that applies to our lives this month, but more importantly, how it applies to our relationship with God. As we walk through the scriptures, we see examples of this definition of holiness for us. Many of you guys are familiar with Moses and how God first spoke to him and called him to go set his people free uh, through a burning bush experience, right? A pretty supernatural experience. We see in Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, it says, God says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground. Now, what was going on here? The ground wasn't morally blameless or righteous. It was on the backside of the desert, pretty dry, and a bush was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. All right? Nothing holy about the ground. However, this moment was a special moment, a set-apart moment, a holy moment where God was calling Moses to go set his people free from bondage in Egypt. Do you see that? Do you see the difference there? It wasn't talking about Moses, you need to quit sinning or quit looking at that on the internet or no. It was talking about being set apart, all right? Then as we get the Ten Commandments from the Lord in, in, in Exodus chapter 20, we see the word holy attached to the commandment of Sabbath, Right, a little refresher here for you guys. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. God's giving the Ten Commandments to Moses and to his people. He says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it, what? Holy. Keep the Sabbath day holy. So when God is giving Moses the Ten Commandments, he comes to the fourth one on the list and he says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Now, he doesn't mean that this day will be morally blameless and perfect. Have you ever tried to take a Sabbath and had it totally sabotage on you? Yes and amen. I'm going to set apart. I'm going to rest. And then this project comes in and this phone call comes in. How many go? Our Sabbath don't look holy and perfect and blameless. Amen. We try our best. Side note, it's been a year since we did our series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry last August, right? And I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else. If we've gotten away from Sabbath, remember, it's still a command of the Lord. Amen. It isn't a suggestion. It's like, hey, this is going to help you be healthy in life, right? What is keeping the Sabbath holy mean? It means that each week we're called to work and produce for six days. But the seventh day, the Sabbath, is supposed to be a day of rest. It's a holy day. It's a day set apart from the other. It doesn't mean it's a perfect day or that's the blessed day. It's just a day apart. It's different. It's uncommon from the other six. That's God's intention, right? It's, it's holy. Again, I hope, again, I'm just sharing this because we, get to get, we need to wrap our brain around what does holy really mean when it means set apart. And then you get into Exodus, and they're setting up the tabernacle and the temple, and, and God's giving all these instructions. We see oftentimes, I won't go to verses because there's so many of them, that there are objects or furnishings in God's temple that are called holy, all right? So does it mean that these instruments are called holy because they are morally good objects? 
And the answer is obviously no. There's nothing morally blameless about the Ark of the Covenant where God's glory was rested. There's nothing blameless or morally good about the table of showbread or the golden lampstand or uh, the washing basin, right? Or the outer court or the inner court or the holies of holies, right? Or even the priestly garments that the, the high priest had to wear. There was nothing blameless about those. It means that those things were all set apart for a specific purpose for worship to God. Does that make sense? So again, holy is set apart. If you're not catching this, let's bring it into our terms, all right? Let's bring it into our world, right? If this definition of holy is true, that it's something that's set apart for a specific purpose, then you and I might have some holy items in our house. <gasps> some of you are like, really, I do? Yes, set apart for a specific purpose. If you have a coffee pot or a coffee maker or shoot, a Keurig, or one of those fancy pantsy things that makes a little, right? Like whatever you got. If you have one of those that is only used to make coffee or whatever you're brewing, not lemonade, not sweet tea, it's only used for coffee. Guess what? You have a holy coffee pot. Holy grounds. That's so corny. Yeah. It's like we're going to start a coffee shop at our church and call it holy grounds, right? It's like any coffee fans this morning? Side note, here's some good preaching for you. Back by popular demand in the month of September, free coffee for all in the lobby. I'm dead serious. Come on. Who's excited about that? Anybody? Four people? I don't drink coffee, so I don't care. But you guys love it. So, hey, we're going to provide it, all right? It's coming back. It's good preaching on um, Sunday morning. Amen? Let's talk about something else. If you have a toothbrush that is only used for your mouth, and let's sure hope so. And not anybody else's mouth, and not for cleaning any other instruments in your house, you would have a holy toothbrush. Now, how many of you guys know sometimes we think our toothbrush is holy, but in reality, it's actually not? Any of you that have young kids? Yes, if you have young kids, they like to grab your toothbrushes and do random things with them, then put them back right there where in your holy place where you think it's only used to, to wash your mouth with. Even our middle son the other day, we saw him taking his toothbrush. He was cleaning underneath the counters where we never clean. <laughs> I, my wife caught him. I was like horrified. Like, Eli, you're going to throw that away, right? Not put it back in the drawer and then brush your teeth with it later that night, right? Like, we don't even look underneath that spot, like, for years. Like, that, we don't know what's growing under there. That is not a holy toothbrush. You know what I'm saying? Are you guys getting this concept of holy? It's set apart for a purpose, Right? You got holy hot coffee pots, you got holy toothbrush, you got, you got holy socks, right? Sorry, bad joke. Oh, wear those on Sunday, right? Sorry. Um, someone say holy what? Holiness. We're talking about holiness, right? Holiness is to be set apart for a special purpose. It's to live a life set apart, uncommon, other, in a different way than the world. And we're going to talk much about this in the coming weeks and next week. But as we're establishing this foundation of our pursuit of holiness for this series, for the remainder of my time with you today, I, I, I feel like we cannot leave today without talking and just camping out on this point. And this is number two, and it's this. God is holy. God is holy. We ask the question, holy what? The answer is holy God. God is holy. As you're going to find out in this series, our pursuit of holiness is actually a pursuit of God, the Holy One. Amen? Like our pursuit of holiness starts and it will always end 
in God, in revelation of who God actually is and who God says that he is and who he is to us. God is holy. A scripture that we're going to come back to almost every week as we are in this series is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. In this, Peter by the Holy Spirit says, but as he, God, who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. The first nugget in this scripture, number one, is God's holy. Like he is holy. If you want a definition of holiness and God, it's found in him. It's found in him. The second thing that we see is God has called every Christian to be holy, every follower of him to be holy, right? This call on a holy life is based solely on the fact that God is holy. He's got skin in the game. He practices what he preaches. He'll never call you or ask you to do anything that he hasn't already done or been there or walked in your shoes there for you. Amen? He'll never call you to sacrifice greater than he sacrificed. He gave his one and only son. He'll never call you, call you to give a more amount of money than you could ever imagine because you cannot outgive God. He gave his one and only son. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Do you see what I'm talking about? Like God has been there, done that. He bought the t-shirt. He made the t-shirt. He created the materials in the earth that made the t-shirt. He's holy. He's set apart like none other, right? But what does it mean when we say that God is holy? Because that's like a cool thing. We're like, yeah, what does that mean? It means that God is altogether other. He, he is other, right? Like he is set apart. He is uncommon. He is different, right? There is no one like him and no one can compare to him. We were singing about that just a few minutes ago this morning, right? There is no one, no one like you. He is holy. David said about him in 2 Samuel verse 7, verse 22, 2 Samuel 7, 22, Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have and have heard with our ears. So if you have not heard this morning that God is holy, may you hear it with your ears today that God is set apart, God is uncommon, God is other, God is above the rest. He is amazing, and there is none like him. He's good, but he's also holy. We cannot get away from the holiness of God. So what do we do with this? Well, in our journey and our pursuit of holiness this month and understanding this topic, our first step in our pursuit of holiness is simply to acknowledge that God is holy. If you're taking notes, you need to recognize that, that, hey, our first step in our pursuit of holiness is simply to acknowledge that God is holy. To have that acknowledgement, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, in our spirits, that he is the Holy One. And it's super cool because this is also a way that we can worship him. Acknowledging God and not acknowledge him as holy, as the Holy One, is actually a way that we can worship God. And we see this all throughout scripture. We were singing about it this morning in that last song. Both through John's revelation and through the prophet Isaiah, we learn about there are creatures in heaven whose sole existence is to declare and decree the holiness of God 24-7. They're called seraphim. Remember when I talked about Revelation, Eric was teaching on end times, I was like, don't read it right before bed. There's creatures called seraphim. They got six wings and eyes on every part of their body. That would be pretty freaky right before bed if you ate too much pizza, you know what I'm saying? Right? There are creatures in heaven that all they do is say, holy, holy, holy. 
And get this, God never stops being holy. So guess what their job is for the rest of their existence? To say holy, holy, holy. He doesn't stop, right? We see that in Revelation chapter four, verse eight. This is exactly where the lyrics of that song we were singing this morning come from. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around within. And they do not rest day or night saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And, and prophet Isaiah speaks about the same creatures in Isaiah chapter six, verse three. And one cried to the other and said, holy, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So we can worship God by acknowledging that he's holy. We see Moses sing about God's holiness in Exodus 15, 11. He says, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? And our songwriter David, King David, he talks about the holiness of God too. Psalm 96, verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. So guys, this is so important. Once we acknowledge that God is holy, it opens up the door for us to approach him in the right manner, amen? Because if we're gonna study this topic and study a holy God and holiness in our life, we need to have like the proper reverence and respect for who we're studying. Because remember, the pursuit of holiness is actually the pursuit of God. It's found in God. It's more intimate in a relationship with him. It's more knowledge of him. And that will help in turn change us because we know now who we have living on the inside of us, that God is holy and he calls us to be holy. He isn't saying, I'm not holy, but you best try to be holy. No, that would be unfair. I couldn't even get it right, but I live in you, but good luck. No, he's saying, no, I'm holy, I'm other, I'm set apart, and I'm calling you to be the same thing in your generation for such a time as this. And so one of the things I want to end with, just to be careful, because we can sometimes approach God too, too casually. How many of you guys know that if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a part of God's family? And the Bible actually says you're a friend of God. How many of you guys are thankful that you have God as a friend? If no one else is there, God's there, amen? If no one else prays for you, guess what? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father praying for you. If no one else sees the pain and the suffering and the hurt that you're going through in your heart, guess what? God does. We are a friend of God. And he's tight, right? But sometimes we can get, we can get so casual. I mean, God, yeah, we tight. And yeah, I drink, you know, I kick my feet up in his presence and crack a Mountain Dew. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'm all sloppy with God. And, and sometimes we're like, ah, like, yeah, he's cool. He loves you, whether you come as you are or come as you want to be or you should be, all that. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. You can pour out your heart before God, but we must have the proper perspective of who we are serving and who we are encountering if we really are to grasp this holiness of God character, right? How many of you guys know God is to be honored and God is to be revered? Amen? One of the, the things that will set you free and the nugget of wisdom in life that I'm still chewing on and trying to get a hold on is found in the book of wisdom, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. Many of you are familiar with this verse, but let's bring it to some new context and light for it. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. If we want wisdom, God gives us the answer, fear the Lord. But a lot of us mix this up. It doesn't mean, ah, I'm scared of God. I'm afraid of him. Some of us have been like that, right? 
Some of us have had that view that God's going to hit us over the head with a baseball bat and he's waiting for us to say a swear word or steal something or do something stupid, right? God's a loving father. We're not supposed to be scared of him. What the fear of the Lord means, if you study that word out, it is a reverence. We're supposed to reverence the Lord. What that means is a proper, healthy view of God. He's tight and he wants to be our friend, but he's also holy and other. Let's just get it straight. He's God, we're not, amen? Like acknowledging that fact is the beginning of wisdom. Because so many of us want to play God in our own life. If it feels good, I'll do it. If I think it's good, I'll do it. If the Holy Spirit's saying go there, but I want to do this, we do this. And we play, we play little G God in our life. God is other, God is holy and his ways are perfect. And we try to align our lives to this. It can get a little messy. And so we need to have the right reverence, the right respect, the right perspective of who God is and how to approach him, right? Then it goes on to say the knowledge of the Holy One brings understanding. So if we want understanding on what holiness is, we get to know the Holy One. Does that make sense? I'm keeping it real simple today. Just We're going to build on this. Get to know the Holy One. These 21 days of prayer that we're about to start tomorrow, get to spend time with the Holy God, the God that created the universe, the God that spans everything, made the mountains, the sea, the birds, the living creatures, that knows he's vast, he's intimate, he's huge, yet he knows the very number of hairs on your head, or like I like to preach, or lack thereof hairs. He knows all of them. He's kept a balance sheet. He knows all of them. No offense. Yet he wants to spend time with his creation. He wants to be friends with you, to intimately know you, to help you through your situation right now, to show you the truth and the way. That's the holy God we serve. And so we have to have a healthy fear of the Lord if we're going to get this pursuit of holiness thing this month. And the knowledge of God and a holy God really unlocks the door to holiness in our lives, which we're going to dive into next week. But let's real quick quick, recap real quick. What, What have we talked about this morning? Number one, we've talked about holiness is the state or the condition of being holy, right? We looked at, there was two definitions of holy, a secondary one, which is more like lifestyle stuff. The first one is just other, set apart, uncommon, right? It's, it's different. We've looked at that God calls you and I to be holy. And I'm still chewing on that. We're chewing on that all month because how are we going to get there, Lord? You're, because he's holy, The only way we can get there is because he already did it. He is it. He exists as a holy being, a holy God, and he calls us to be like him. Amen? He lives on the inside of us. And and we looked at that there's no one like our God. No one compares. No one compares. Right? And so when we say a holy God, man, that should bring hope to us. Not run and tuck tail and curl up in the fetal position in the corner and say, Mom, help but to run to the feet of a holy God and lay it all out before him and say, God, you are holy. You are other. You are amazing. Your love is like none other. Your mercy is like none other. Your plan for my life is exceedingly abundantly above than I could think or imagine, right? You are holy. And in the midst of your holiness, I can find out who I am, who I'm created to be, and how you desire me as my, as my heavenly father to live as a child of God on this earth. It will help us define holiness as we get closer to him. So may our pursuit this month not just be a bunch of head knowledge about what holiness means, but may we get heart revelation of who the Holy One is, amen? And who we serve, who we get to worship, who we get to gather and lift up together each Sunday and throughout the week get to be a representation of to a world that's broken, that's hurting, that's dying, desperately needs the love of Christ. May it transform us and may it change us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And man, we thank you for week one, Lord. We're just getting started. We're just kind of 
cracking the book open. Lord, there's so much here. We could talk about the holiness of you for months. But Lord, may it be very clear to us this morning that Lord, you are holy. You are above. You are separate. You are uncommon. You are different. And you call us to be holy too. And so Father, as we take a journey this month to take steps closer to you, to dive into deeper depths with you, to go to higher heights with you. May it be surrounded and may it be formed and may it be, uh, uh, may the foundation of that be our knowledge and understanding of you, the Holy One. Holiness comes from the Holy One, the one that came to die for us, the one that loves us, the one that has an amazing plan for us. And so Father, we, we surrender right now. And Lord God, we just say, Lord, do a work in our hearts. Show us, reveal yourself as the Holy One. Show us what being holy in our culture in this day and age looks like. And Lord, no matter what it is, if it steps on our toes, Lord, we, we ask you to bring it this month. Lord, we're asking you boldly and we're praying by the Holy Spirit. Let us have it, refine us, burn up the things that aren't of you, burn up the impurities and the junk in our hearts that don't belong, and may we encounter a holy God and may it transform our actual lives. Let it not be head knowledge, but heart transformation. Father, we love you so much. We know you're faithful to answer these prayers and watch over them and to perform your word. And so we're excited about this journey today. And as we close today, may we not just rush out of a holy God's presence without acknowledging that again and just from our hearts worshiping you. So in these next few moments, Lord, we're just gonna respond to you and call you what you are, holy. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, so be it. Hey, as we close in these few minutes. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.